Hi, I'm Brittany Ashley, your host of Breaking Norms, Building Dreams, your guide through this transformative journey in both business and life. This is your place crafted for dreamers, doers, or anyone who has been told they can't. Get ready as we challenge those narratives together. You're tuning in live to the United Public Radio Network, airing on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. We are streaming on all the popular platforms every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join me for a candid and thought-provoking conversation celebrating your unique journey because you are worth it. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so excited to have Kiki with us. Uh, For those just listening, welcome to Breaking Norms, Building Dreams. I'm your host, Brittany Ashley. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. Get ready to escape the routine and join us for the next hour as we break norms and build dreams with Kiki. I'm so excited to have you, Kiki. Thank you for having me. This is so cool to be here with you. It's been so long. I know, so long. Let me do a quick introduction and then you can tell us more about who you are. Uh, So... Everyone, please meet Kiki. I've met Kiki a long time ago. I'm so excited for her to be here. She's a passionate educator with a master's in multidisciplinary leadership. Kiki spent 15 fabulous years in teaching junior high. Beyond the classroom, she's delved into life coaching and professional photography. Kiki's true purpose lies in helping others recognize and believe in their worth. Exciting excitement resonates at Kiki's presence, a special 2024 event for girls and women. With carefully created team, she guides participants through empowering activities. The anticipated of No Girl Left Behind event grew from her expansive empowerment camp, now reaching across three cities in Canada. I'm so excited for you to dive in and tell us more, Kiki. Before we go into the events, maybe you can just kind of tell everyone about your background. Sure. So, uh, yeah, as, as Brittany mentioned, I am actually a teacher. I taught for 15 years, junior high, and I loved it. I never wanted to leave teaching. But when I left, my husband and I were going through IVF and we kept I kept miscarrying and so it was it was a tough time and I'm an older uh, mom when I got married I had met my husband um at 39 we got married at 40 so you know we were going through the situation and I was feeling sort of off and tired and emotional and I I went to my admin and I said hey you know would it be possible for me to go part time and he said, I'll think about it and let you know. So I thought, okay. And a few weeks later, I was walking down the hall and he said, hey, Kiki, remember when uh, you asked me about going part-time next year? This is during class change when, you know, oh, no. there's a hundred kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, I don't support it. And I go, okay, I quit. So I left, I left teaching. It's not what I wanted to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had just graduated with my master's degree a month before. And I thought, how am I going to make a difference anymore? I mean, that's the only thing I wanted to do was teach. And I had moved across the country from Ontario to Alberta um, Mm -hmm. to do just that. And so I was sort of at a loss. And then fast forward to uh, 2023 and Mm -hmm. 
I was like, what, what else can I do? Or I suppose we'll, we'll go back just a few years, 2020. Um, it was right during COVID. And I thought, you know, I have to do something. I'm not teaching. Uh, at that point, we had adopted my two boys mm -hmm. and our family was complete, but I, I felt something was missing from my professional life and, you know, just that whole need and purpose and passion for helping. So mm -hmm. um, I created a three-day empowerment camp for girls. And we started mm -hmm. off with 15 girls in the summer of 2020. Uh, or the fall of 2020, I mm -hmm. should say. And then uh, each year we sell out. As soon as we open up registration, we sell out within two hours. And now we've got 35 to 40 girls coming. We're already sold out for September 2024. Yes. And the girls and the moms were saying, you know, Kiki, we need more. We want, can you do a women's camp? Can you do, you know, this and that? And so I got to thinking um, a, a, almost a, a year ago. So last March, I woke up one day and it was such a pivotal, a pivotal moment for me because in my head, I thought, would it be so awful if I actually loved my entire body and everything about me would it be such a crime you know and yeah. i have dealt with feeling insecure about my body ever since i was seven when i started gaining weight and i've gained and lost you know literally hundreds of pounds and it was sort of like i'm i'm a an intelligent person why can't i figure this out and so it was that beating up it was not feeling worthy uh and those kinds of things and i had carried that along from my childhood when my mom and I had a really tough relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I asked myself that question, I thought, no, it wouldn't be. And it was sort of like this, it was just this epiphany really and truly, because I thought, well, what can I do about that? How can I, how can I change how I feel the perception that I have of myself? And it came to me, that I have a really, really strong relationship with my husband. And mm -hmm. so I thought, if I want to create a relationship with myself, I have to employ the same sort of things that I do in my marriage in order to make that work. And then I started going, oh, I'm going to build a relationship with myself. And then the idea for the event came into play. I love that. Um Thank you for sharing. I'm so excited to dig in deeper about the event. Uh, I want to back up a bit about just the general conversation of asking to go part time with that employer. Like that's sh shocking. But the thing is, that's the reality. And still in today's world of um, we're actually going to have a guest talk about this, too, about how employers can be supportive to moms in the workplace. It doesn't matter what what kind of fashion, um, fostering, whichever, they should show up and be there for you and think of ways to be very supportive because it's already a, a journey in itself. Um, so with that, sorry, there's something that just popped up here, making sure we all stay on live today. <laughs> I think we're good, guys. <laughs> Um, but that's the big thing too, that I'm finding that as myself, as a mom, I went through a lot of things as well. And I knew I would have to struggle with that. And I was like terrified 
to tell my employer that I was pregnant. Like I just knew like, what if I get fired? What if I, what if I um, do all these things? What if like, what, what are the what ifs, right? And the unfortunate thing, we shouldn't have that fear when we are building a family. I don't know, Kiki, if you have some intake on that. Yeah, I I think it's ridiculous that you have to um, tiptoe around that because, and here's the thing, you know, women take on so much. And this is part of the reason why we live our lives small, because you're afraid of getting pushback. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he said, no, I don't support that. And you know, in our school district, unfortunately, it's not a, a blanket rule where you can say, look, I have seniority here. I've been teaching 15 years. I'm at the top of the pay grid. I'm an excellent teacher. Um, I was also, you know, the head of the LA and social department. And, you know, I was missing school because I was depressed. I didn't know what depression was. I didn't even know how it felt because it just, it wasn't me. And I was like, I'm constantly going back and forth to Calgary for these um, IVF treatments. And a third of our staff was pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a younger staff and not one person asked me, Kiki, are you okay? Cause you're missing a lot of school. Is everything all right with you? Just wanted to check in, make sure you're like, I'd be bawling in the middle of class. I could not pull it together. And so I just, you know, thank goodness I have a supportive husband. And like, I went home that day and I said, Hey, I quit today. And he goes, okay, how come? Like what happened? I told him, he said, that's totally fine. But thank goodness. I mean, we were in a position where it didn't matter if I wasn't working. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not the case with the majority of people who are trying to support their family. And what if, what if she's a single mom or whatever the case may be, right? It's not, it's not right. And so in our district, there, like I said, there wasn't like a blanket thing saying, hey, if you want to go part time, you go part time. It was up to the administration at each school. So I had to ask basically permission for him um, to support that. And I had gone behind the scenes. I had talked to a friend of mine who wasn't teaching, but she was going to take over the social aspect. I would continue with L.A., and she's like, I'd love that. When you have two part-time teachers, you're getting more than 100% of the work, right? And so it would have been to their benefit. And he knew this, this other teacher quite well, too. And it really sort of came out, in left, uh, out of left field for me uh, to not feel that support. And I thought, you know, when I was working at a different school, the principal had said to all of us, you know, if you're not feeling well, mm -hmm. don't, you don't don't feel like you have to come to school because at the end of the day, you're not getting any kind of an award or a medal for showing up. You have to look after yourself first. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is my life. This is my possible family here. And this is what matters. And so I just, I think it's ridiculous that someone has to be, why would you be scared to tell your employer that you're pregnant for fear that you're going to lose your job? I think it's preposterous. Yeah. And that's like, I'm hoping we all can start talking about normalizing that because it isn't a common thing. Actually, since I started this business, I'm starting to find so many moms that have like a lot of similarities of um, being scared about it and all the things. So it, I just hope um, we can start creating a safe place 
for those who are going through the journey, uh, not just moms, but even dads, because dads take on these roles as well. That I can see like the trend that a lot of more dads want to come in and step into that role. So mm-hmm. uh, like my husband came in to support when we had Hudson, um, the second round. So then I can do the business till building that up. Well, he can take time off on maternity leave, but that's so new. I think in our, our generations, because <laughs> it's normally the woman, right? Yeah. But on that point of all of this journey, it's all about being worthy. So um, maybe can you dig in more on the kind of different um, items you bring to the different events for the girls and women? Is it kind of segmented just like a camp then for girls and then you have something else for the women so the listeners can understand more? Sure. So the camp is different than our event. So the Mm -hmm. camp is run over three days and it's just for girls, uh, nine to 14, and they stay over for the weekend and we have lots of different activities and stuff like that going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And I find that it's really, really powerful because when you have a, you know, like a semi smaller group of girls, we teach each other, we do role playing on how you navigate bullying and how you navigate girl friendships because those kinds of things really are difficult for girls and girls are physiologically different than boys so when a girl ends up being angry or upset with another girl she has to look for validation so what she does is she goes and tells five or six other people and she says this is what happened so she needs that reassurance and encouragement Uh, from other people and then it just sort of spreads and then it just becomes this big huge issue and it's like this is what you need to do in order to make it better you know this is these are the right channels that you're going to take because boys will just punch the the snot out of each other and and then it's over with whereas girls will you know particularly with social media they'll get on there and they will bully 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 until you know, you just, you've got girls who are feeling really, really bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's our camp. But in terms of the, like, do you want to know, can I share the event itself and the setup? Yes. Yes. Share it all. We got a lot. (laughs) All right. So, um, strength your boots on kids. Here we go. So, okay. So basically it, uh, the event itself is held in three cities in Canada And so we have Edmonton on March the 9th. We have Grand Prairie, Alberta, uh, May the 18th, and then Toronto, Ontario, September the 14th. And I thought, I really want to bring this event to as many cities as possible in 2024 Mm -hmm. so that we sort of get our feet wet and we're a nonprofit organization. We got our status a couple of months ago um, and it's like, okay, let's just, let's just go all out there. Right. So this is why this is super important that I'm here today to share that there is an event like this out there. The need for girl and women empowerment is so huge right now. And to take, um, you know, and, and this is sort of like, um, this is sort of like a, an arm off of the, the conversation, but I'm 54, I'm almost 55, and this is my first year doing the event. So I want women out there to understand that it doesn't matter how old you are. If you are passionate and you've got a purpose and you feel like this is something that is going to work for you, 
you don't let anyone stop you. You get up, you pull up your girl panties and you say, yep, I got this. And you make it happen because it's true. Anything is possible. And there is room for everyone to succeed out there. So I don't believe in competing and comparing with other women either. Um, it just is something that is exhausting to me. So I don't partake in it. But to think that a year ago, I had this thought based on on the, oh, my gosh, would it be a, a crime if I actually loved myself? And yeah. then, you know, it snowballed into this. Um, so it is for all girls, um, eight and over, and then women of all ages. And so the day is we have everyone comes at about nine o'clock in the morning at the venue. And we have a few, we have two or three uh, vendors there. I didn't want it to, I didn't want the market to sort of take over, but it's, it's all like women empowerment stuff. Okay. And um, we have a, a keynote speaker, me. Uh, and then um, I've handpicked a group of empowered, professional, experienced mm -hmm. women to come to the event. So when everyone shows up, they're going to be put into groups. So the girls 8 to 11 are in one breakout room. The girls 12 to 15 are in another breakout room. And then all the women are going to be in the ballroom. So like the main room where everyone is with the stage and whatnot. Yeah. And um, we're doing that for developmental content because a girl who is eight is not at the same developmental stage as someone who's 14, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally. So the content that we're delivering is going to be age appropriate and developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very different, but you'll spend three sessions in the morning uh, with different presenters. And I call them presenters because they're not there to speak at you all day long, like a typical convention or conference. Yeah. And the reason for that is I, it, there's, it's twofold. So I believe that it's really important to share our stories because mm -hmm. someone's going to resonate with that and they're, they're going to hold on to it. However, you're going to forget about those details in time. And while most events and, and conferences, you're, you're like, this is so good. I felt yep. so amazing. <laughs> and, you know, two weeks later, you're like, yeah, what, 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 what? And, and you've lost the fizz. And so what we want to do is we don't just want to talk about empowerment. We want to show you how to be empowered. Mm -hmm. You know, I was looking, there's millions of hashtags about empowerment. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet that 99% of the people posting those are not empowered women. Mm -hmm. And it's because of all the stuff that we bring to the table, all the things we hold on to and the perceptions that we have and, and believing that we are defined by our experiences and we're not, we're shaped by those experiences. But what defines us is how we choose to respond to those experiences. That yeah. is what defines us. And, you know, being empowered is understanding and believing in your own worth. And you get that by understanding that you, thank goodness, have a mm -hmm. choice. You get to choose who you're going to be at any given time. And so yeah. if you want to redefine who you are, you go right ahead and do that. And you make that decision. You know, it's as simple as telling yourself, I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to have that attachment to that feeling mm -hmm. or to that experience anymore. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we have 
teachers on our empowerment team. We have a registered child psychologist. We have Reiki specialists. We have people that are going to do activities with you. So mm -hmm. we are going to have you actively participate in your own empowerment so that you build the relationship with you. And, you know, the focus is relationships. And there's two relationships that we're taking a look at. Um, the first one is the one with self, which is the most important, obviously. And unfortunately, it's the one that's the least exercised. And it's the one that breaks down first, particularly for a woman, because mm -hmm. of social media, society's expectations, generational things, uh, and just what you carry with you, right? And like I said before, women are physiologically different than men. How we feel, how we respond, how we uh, internalize things is a lot different than men. Like we tend to hold on to them, whereas men are like, I'm just going to punch your lights out and then we'll go for a beer and it's done, you know, yes. whereas women are going to bring that up later. Um, yes. And so it's it's that this thing of uh, that the relationship with self and then the second relationship that we're going to investigate, research and teach the women about is mm -hmm. the most complicated and the most influential, which is the one between mother and daughter and whether you, you can attend the event with your daughter. You can attend the event whether you have a daughter or you can attend the event even if you don't have kids because, like I said earlier, we're, we're segregating so that yeah. you get the experience that we want you to have uh, and so that you get that out of it. I love that. And I, think, I don't think I told you too much about my journey to be a coach as well. As you know, I started my business to help moms work from home. But the more I started working with the moms and the women on my team, a lot of them were just struggling with limiting beliefs, not thinking that they're worthy enough to be paired to a client or worthy enough to even execute on a project. And I was like, this is just like I, I interviewed you. You're worthy. What's going on here? And so I went on this whole journey of like also self-discovery for myself, why I went into business coaching and then imposter syndrome coaching. And like, I'm still always, my next one that I want to do is resilient coaching and get trained on that and have it all combined together because I find I can see such a mix when people are building their businesses that they feel like they're not good enough. Uh, they're scared about certain things, like things come up from the past of feeling like they're not worthy and all of the things. So I love what you're doing. I'm so excited to see. I know this is going to be so big. Your plan is to start here in Canada, but you also, I think you mentioned, want to go into the States. I know a lot of our listeners are from the States. So maybe do you have an idea of where you might want to show up next? Uh, well, 2024, like I say, three cities in Canada, because that's where we're from. But yes. I've been talking to people. We've had so right. many people reach out and say, I, I would love to be a presenter. You've got to come to the States. And that's always been my plan. Uh, so for 2025, we are hoping to, uh, the first place that we were thinking about was Washington. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the, one of the sort of hurdles for us is the fact that every event that we do is completely sponsored. So mm -hmm. right now, you know, we have to reach out to possible people who would be interested in sponsoring the event. Each event is tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So we have to make sure that we've got all those covered. And I, being from Canada, I don't know as many people. 
in this in the states where it's going to be like, oh, okay, yes, we can believe in this event. And so it is a matter of doing things like this this with you and and to let people know that we do exist um, because it is. So, uh oh, what happened here? Can you still hear me, hun? I can. I can. Yeah. Let's see if I just you know technical difficulties. Hi, everyone. Here I am. Almost. No worries. Uh, what I was going to say um, really makes you uh, stay on your feet when things like this go <laughs> awry. It's like, oopsie poopsie, what's happening? Do you know what I can do on my end? Do you know what? Um, I've never seen this. I'm selecting buttons, but it won't let me. Um, oh, you're back. That works. Hi, how are you? There you go. I, I, just, just, I just went for a coffee. I'm back. Just went to Starbucks. Okay. So um, the thing is, it, it we absolutely want to bring it to the States because yes. this is, this is not something, you know, that only exists in one area. Right. We North America is huge. We want to make sure that people leave our event understanding what it means to be empowered. So, um, you know, like going back to the day itself, you arrive, you got the keynote speaker, you have three sessions in the morning, a buffet lunch, three mm -hmm. sessions in the afternoon, a buffet supper, and then we have a dance party to finish off the day. And so our hope is that um, you have the skills and the tools to understand and know what it means to empower yourself. Because if you create uh, a, a really strong relationship with yourself, mm -hmm. you've got that foundation. It's very much like a house. I mean, my next door neighbor's house burned down to the ground. The mm -hmm. only thing left was the foundation. And yeah. so then you build on that, right? And yeah. so we have specific questions, specific activities that we're doing that will affect everybody differently, which is absolutely magic, in my opinion, because you're not just coming and listening, you're coming and doing. Yeah. And you're like, you know what, uh, life isn't going to be a smooth ride, right? It just isn't. And so when something comes your way, you're going to have the skills to go, wait a sec, I can sit back here and I need to do, I'm going to calm my my brain down and I'm going to calm my nerves down. And mm -hmm. I'm able to do that with exercises that we're going to not just show you, but you're going to do during the day to practice them. You're going to be, you have the notes with you and you're participating in your own empowerment so that no one else can take it away from you and that you there is no such thing as imposter syndrome because you get to know who you are yeah and the relationship with self you're, you will walk away going oh my like it's so powerful mm -hmm. it was the most peaceful thing right like there, yeah. there's two profound experiences that i've had in my life the first one was when my son christopher was born and we adopted both of our kids, but, um, you know, we're in Alberta. He was born in Florida. It was a nightmarish adoption just with so many things going on with the birth mother. However, she did allow me to be in the room when she gave birth and she had a C-section. And 
I'll never, I get a chill. I just, I have a chill even saying it because it brings me right back. Yeah. Uh, and my son turned 11 on the fifth. So it's like kind mm -hmm. of recent, but they pulled him out of her and the doctor handed Christopher to me yeah. and becoming a mom for the first time and understanding that, you know, I was going to look after this living and breathing human being and someone entrusted me with this forever was so unbelievable for me. And the only word I can think of is profound. And uh, I'm grateful for that every single day. The second most profound experience was literally a year ago when I had said to myself, well, wait a minute, you know, would it be so awful mm -hmm. if I did love myself? And so I started to build that relationship with myself. I've never felt better. I've never felt better in my life. And I know exactly who I am. And uh, it's through three things, three characteristics of any relationship that I came up with about 15 years ago. But mm -hmm. the number one thing in any relationship is communication. The second mm -hmm. thing is trust. And the third thing is respect. And if one of those things is fractured, you have a problem in that relationship. And honestly, that's with yourself too. So when yeah. women say to themselves, I don't have time to go to the yoga studio, I don't have time to go for a walk, I don't have time to go for um, a bath. It's like, well, we need to change your perception of that. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's too many things counting against you until it slaps you in the face and says, you're going to run yourself into the ground and then we've got nothing left in the tank. And, you know, we intellectually know this, but women don't know how to employ this and we're going to show you how. So it just, the event is so, it's so unique. Mm -hmm. It is so needed and it is going to, it's literally going to change how you feel about things, which is massive to me. Just a hundred percent massive for Anyone, I'll ask you the next question, but let me just, we're already 30 minutes in. So anyone just tuning in, you're listening to Breaking Norms, Building Dreams. We are live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. Um, with anyone listening, how can you kind of guide them on taking more self-love for themselves? It's So, um... You know, I, that's another thing, by the way, I would love to come to New Orleans. I would love us to do an event in New Orleans. I have never been, and I, this is such an aside, but my husband's an accountant and he has um, uh, accounting conferences. Okay. I'd rather poke my own eye out than go to one of those. So I attend them, but like, you know, I do other things yeah. and he had one in New Orleans and we got a call for our second oh, son. Uh, a week before my husband left. I'm like, I can't go. So uh, yeah, I was I was home with our newborn then. But anyways, so if anyone has any, uh, you know, if you guys want us to come to New Orleans, I would hop, skip and roller skate my way to New Orleans to do this in 2025. Uh, and the theme, by the way, in 2025 is confidence. But if yeah. we're talking about, um, you know, how do you take steps for self-love? It is yeah. truly it's creating a relationship with yourself. And how do you do that? You do it with steps. So you start communicating with yourself and you start listening to yourself. And it doesn't matter where you are in, um, in your life, you can start that today. Mm -hmm. You really can. You can sit back. This is the importance of quieting the mind. And this is why meditation is important. And people 
people get scared and they're like, I don't know what the flip flop I'm going to do if I'm meditating. I'll be thinking about, huh, I really could use a, yeah, I could use a donut right now or, oh, geez, I got to go get diapers later. And then, you know, your mind, if you quiet your mind, it can be scary to people because they're like, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel here. And sometimes when you're in yoga, for instance, if you try yoga, um, it brings up a lot of feelings. Mm -hmm. It's a process. It really, truly is a process. But if you think about dating somebody, mm -hmm. um, you have to be cognizant of how do you treat someone that mm -hmm. you are dating? Well, you, you want to listen. You want to listen to what they have to say so that you go, I really want to get to know more about this person. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to tell myself that uh, this week I'm going to get in so many steps, you know, like on my fit tracker or whatever, and then you decide that, you, and then and then sometimes you self sabotage because you you've got these hidden things going on in the back of your head that go, no, I'm not worth taking the time out to do this, and it's not even conscious that you do it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're letting yourself down, and then it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. So would you, if you were dating somebody and you said, yeah, let's go for supper and you agreed to that, you just didn't show up. Well, yeah. you might do that once or twice and that person's going to drop you. Yeah. And there's one person that you can't escape from and that's yourself. Yeah. And at the end of the day, throughout the day, the best friend you have in your back pocket is also you. Mm -hmm. And so if you learn I need to spend more time thinking about these particular things mm -hmm. then. And, you know, these are all things that we do with the event and, and we have after support too, right? So you're going, you're leaving with all of this information. That's but then you've got it. And it's a constant thing. You have to work at any relationship, whether you're married for a year, whether you're married for 15 years, whatever, it's that constant evolving because you as a person are evolving. You're learning about yourself. How exciting is this? It's so cool. And like, you know, it, it's like when you're going out on your first date, you'd get the little butterflies in your stomach and you're like, this is going to be yeah. fun. I got to be on my best behavior. Is hair number 14 out of place? You want to make sure that when you're dating yourself, you, you listen and you talk. Self-talk is massive because mm. at the, if you, if, when I was talking before about like girls and trying to validate their feelings and it, with situations, of course you want support from your friends and family. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We all need that. We're human beings and, um, you know, we're, we're hardwired for socialization. But if you're going to make a decision, at the end of the day, it's you who makes that decision. You may have some influence from somewhere, but you get to choose. Mm -hmm. You are empowered. That's mm -hmm. you make the decision, you know, and so you get to choose who you're going to be. You get to choose if you're going to talk about women behind their back. You get to choose if you're going to look at a woman in a bathing suit and judge her. Mm -hmm. You do. Yep. And that that, you know, and we we talk about relationships, um, you know, the dynamic of women relationships, too. Mm -hmm. And how there's lots of business coaches out there. There's an example. Um, and people just are popping up going, yeah, I'm a business coach, I can coach. And it's a very difficult um, 
profession to be in number one because there's not a lot of guidelines and anyone and their Tweety Bird can show up and go I'm a business coach and it's sort of like no you need to have some experience you need to have some education on that so that you're an effective business coach because you will fail and then you'll think oh I guess you know this is something that and then that's when you get the imposter syndrome because you really haven't you're not up to code with what what you need to do it's like going into an interview ill prepared you yeah. go in there prepared so when you're dating yourself you get to um you get to figure out what is it that i want to do am i a yoga person am i someone who needs fresh air am i someone who needs to go for a drive that's what you get to learn about yourself because so often women are lost mm -hmm. in the day-to-day -day life, the minutia of what is going on, whether you're a mother or not. Mm -hmm. um, I have many single friends who've never been married and don't have kids, but they have responsibilities, whether it's to their aging parents, whether it's to their dogs and cats, um, mm -hmm. their friends, whatever the case may be, they still don't know exactly who they are. And that's what this is about. So that if a tornado comes along and starts to shake your house down, you are still standing at the end of the day yeah. because you have built that relation, that relationship and the foundation on your own. No, I love that. And also too like my husband and I have been together. You stop counting after like, we're going to be going on nine years married. And so I think yeah. I want to say we were together at least 15 years, 17. I don't even know. You stop counting. Right. But at the end of the day, we're very young when we got together and I'm always just like, I'm like, we're involving and finding each other out too, how we're different, especially with kids now. Like, what do I like to do? <laughs> because you put the kids first or um, sometimes forget to go on like those dates, but those are very important. So trying to like, I don't know, Kiki, I like to take a step back and one, try to give myself grace and give everybody else grace and um, ask more curious questions than just assume because we just don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And I yeah. feel like we're very, sometimes we, a lot of people just go right into judgment mode where let's try to change the mind frame of, oh, you couldn't drop the kid off. I'm just using this as an example. Why couldn't you drop the kid off at this time? Instead of going right into aggression mode of you yeah. should have been here at eight. Why are That's you not? Communication, right? And so <laughs> how you're communicating has to do with respect as well mm. um yes. is that a respectful way to be speaking to my my life partner and my you know you get everyone gets frustrated and kids and, and you think about going on date nights but you're you're mm. so tired it's like okay so date night means the two kids are in bed i got my flip-flops on and my cozies we're gonna sit on the couch and watch a movie and we're gonna be closer than five feet away from each other yes <laughs> and it's <laughs> It's that, you know, sometimes I call it a sleepover too. And um, so we'll be lying in bed and, and I'll be like, you want to have a sleepover? And it just is like, tell me about what's going on. Tell me about how you're feeling, you know, and, and those things. And there's never any question about how I'm feeling about anything because mm -hmm. we have those conversations. And with IVF and adoption, you have yes. to have a lot of very, very difficult, hard mm -hmm. conversations. And mm -hmm. so you, you go through the human experience together. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things that you have to be aware of. And so if I, if I'm short tempered that day, 
uh, Neil will say, hey, pull it together. You know, he will mm -hmm. tune me in and I'll be like, oh, I, I didn't realize I was being, you know, snappy. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I did yeah. not mean that, you know. And when it comes to communicating too, how do you communicate your fears and your anger and your, um, you know, your frustration as opposed to them? And if they're ticked off with you, how do they want to approach that? And you have to come together, yeah. right? So it's that, um, like Neil is somebody who needs to know that everything's okay, we got to figure it out. So we don't go to bed angry at each other and I need some space. So it's like, I'm gonna have to hurt you. So yeah. you're gonna need to walk away while you still have legs that work. Come back to me in 15 minutes, <laughs> you know? And then he'll come back and I'll be like, okay. That's I'm calm now. And and then we kind of figure it out, you know what I mean? And like, I, it's not always easy, but these are conversations you have to have with yourself too. Why am I acting this way? Why do I feel this way? Exactly. And when you said that women jump into judgment mode, yeah. that is that is generational that's a pattern and it is not, i don't believe it's women's fault i think it is it has just been something that's been expected of us to do and so we immediately look at it that way and so it's practice mm -hmm. we can do it we can stop doing that by by practicing and you know an example would be um miscarriage okay yes. so what makes me different than someone else who like i miscarried four times and uh, we were like, okay, well, our hands are up in the air. We're going to adopt. I'm adopted. Um, and so I had no qualms about it. But I've talked to people who miscarried and went through IVF. And they're like, I would never adopt because that's not really my child. That's mm -hmm. not how I see it. And so that defines who they are and, how, and where they're at with that. that it doesn't mm -hmm. matter to me, you know. What, yeah. ma what matters to me is, is what matters to me. And exactly. I had a friend who she's got three kids now and she's very, she thinks very linear, linearly. And mm -hmm. she's a very successful lawyer in um, Toronto. And so is her husband. And they're just, they're so logical the way they think. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, you know, how are the kids and da da da. And this is years ago, but it was like, Oh, my wife had, um, two miscarriages before we had the second one. And I said, uh, I said, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And he goes, Oh yeah, no, no, no big deal. Like we'll have another two. That was their take on it. Whereas I have another friend who years and years ago, they were trying to have a baby and she miscarried once. And they said, that's it. We, we don't have the heart to do this anymore. They didn't want to adopt and they they're in their sixties without kids. And that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So you can't, uh, you can't, and you shouldn't, take on someone else's decision to do something. You know what I mean? So yeah. women are are really, really quick to do that. And so it has to be a mindful thing not to do that. And if you are so focused on creating this exciting, phenomenal relationship with you, the most unique person in your own life, mm -hmm. you don't have time to look at somebody else and go, oh my God, I would never feed that to my kid. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You know? And I think like me as uh, I've been involving and I had this conversation with my friend of like, this show is actually part of me of my journey for me to kind of state things that I don't like to state about. Usually I usually keep quiet. I'm soft spoken. Don't want to talk about it or ruffle the feathers, give or take. 
but I've seen like in the last few shows, I would say things I'm like, oh, usually I wouldn't say that kind of stuff. <laughs> but then people are like resonating more and starting to find more out about me. I'm like, yes, okay. You're, Isn't you're finding out stuff about yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. If this is like, oh, I have a voice, literally and figuratively. And you have the power to speak mm -hmm. that, and which is phenomenal. How amazing is that? Mm -hmm. I'm like loving it. That's why I also wanted you on the show because I know, like, I'm so excited about the event. Like, I want to attend too. <laughs> uh, you're better. <laughs> you just tell me which one you're to. Yes. Um, did you have any kind of tips or tricks for like mother daughter relationships? Because I know you mentioned that a little bit in the and for the event, but if for anybody listening, I know usually, let's be honest, like I have my daughter who, if everyone even needs to know, I'm always my daughter's room because it's the quietest room in the house. That's why I have hearts in the background. <laughs> Wondering about that. I was like, isn't that pretty back there? I um, have um, But yeah, do you have any tips for I anybody? I do. I do. Like, um, the thing is, and, and, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but mm. I know we, you know what, we should just, we should have a sleepover. Mike, yes. be sitting here having some marshmallows and hot cocoa, but um, like uh, the, the most complicated relationship that exists is the one between mother and daughter and the parent of the most influence is the one of the same sex. So, you know, generationally we take on a lot of what our mother's expectations were and how they felt about us. Mm -hmm. And I felt for most of my life that I was unworthy because my mom and I didn't get along most of the time. And we recognize this now, but we did not understand that her behavior was a, re a, a reflection of a severe depression. Mm -hmm. uh, she had terrible, terrible mental illness. And we didn't know. It was like, how come mom shuts herself in the her bedroom for three days at Christmas and she won't talk to anybody? Or if she got mad at you, she wouldn't talk to you for three or four days. You never knew what you were going to get. And she would slam doors and every time she went in or out. And, and so it left this really uneasy, anxious feeling for me. That's how I internalized it. And I felt like she must not love me. And if my own mom didn't love me, I must not be worthy. And if I was placed for adoption, my birth mom didn't want me, which must mean that I'm unlovable, you know? Yeah. And so unconsciously, I carried that throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And when my mom passed away suddenly in 2019, we hadn't spoken for nine months because she was mad at me about my cat. And it was like, I had been up and down, up and down. And I said, I just can't do this anymore with you, mom. Like, I just if you're going to be mad about this, I, I I just can't do it. I've got two little kids. I'm, I'm trying my best. And she lived across the country. So uh, she was in Nova Scotia and she walked out the door and we never spoke again. And on a Thursday, my dad called me and he said, Kiki, your mom's dying. And I was like, what? And everything changed. Everything mm -hmm. changed when he said that. My, my priority was I'm on the next flight. I will yes. get there. Tell her to hold on. And I kept calling the hospital and they're like, she can't, she can't talk anymore, but um, she can still hear you. So I told her everything I needed to tell her. And I'm like, I'm on my way. Don't let go. Wait mm -hmm. till I get there. 
thank you for choosing me to be your daughter. I love you. And I, I kept calling her and uh, on my flights there. I got there in the morning on a Friday, held her hand for 17 hours. And I say 17 hours, it's important to me. It's my favorite number. But 17 hours after I got there, she passed away. Uh, mm -hmm. And she passed away just after midnight um, on her 82nd. I'm just chilling up here talking about it. But um, she died on her 82nd birthday and she held on. And the nurse said, she heard you. Mm -hmm. She held on for you. And I thought, oh, my, it was that perception change. Mm -hmm. And I thought, my mom did love me. She didn't know how to love me. And she didn't know how to love me the way I wanted to be loved. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't her fault because she, she never took meds for it or anything like that. But she, she, you know, she fought to stay alive until I got there. And it was like, so my whole relationship with her has changed, even though she's gone, I understand the, um, the difficulty in, in these relationships. And so in our uh, event, moms are going to be writing letters to their daughters. If they mm -hmm. don't have a daughter, they're going to be writing a letter to their mom and with pointed questions. So I'm not going to give you a piece of paper and say, write a letter to your mom, because that's like giving someone a journal and saying, here you go, journal. But a lot of people don't know what it is they want to say. Yep. Right. So that's what part of this is. And then if if a mom and a daughter come to our event, they'll be doing uh, letters individually and then they can come together and read the letters to each other and have that safe space to say, this is how I feel when you say this. This is how I feel when you do that. This is what I wish we could do more of, you know, and it it gives uh, accountability on both ends, but it gives you that, oh my goodness, right? Like the daughter can choose to read to her mother and vice versa, or you can hand that letter to the other person and have them read it and then say, okay, how can we work on this? You know, again, it is something that you have to be conscious about. Yeah. That's so powerful. No, I like that. I think a lot of mother-daughter dynamics will kind of overcome a lot that writing things out is so much more powerful than you think oh, <laughs> but you have to huge. figure out how to do it because yeah. I used to journal a long time ago when I was younger and just trying to even think of like how to even start doing it um now I'm like oh my goodness but my thing is um I have dyslexia and so I get caught up in spelling things wrong or I get caught up in, oh, I don't think that's right. So I stopped journaling because of that. Okay. I don't, so finding like what might work better. I'm just saying for myself would be like, maybe like a voice journal more or less. I'm right? just going to suggest that. Right? And also to let you know, um, your journal is 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 you and there's no judgment there so mm -hmm. allow yourself Brittany, the grace to make a spelling error and not beat yourself up about it mm -hmm. you know and you don't want to do it if it's going to cause you anxiety but that's something to take into consideration too and mm -hmm. just be like it's okay if i have a spelling error and it's okay if i didn't see that because this is, this is me and that's okay. Yeah. You know, 
I just yeah. want to hug you right now. Air hug through the. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. I seriously want to come to one of your events. I know I will. Um, one last question because we're I'm just watching the time here. Do you think that a lot of women kind of go through limiting beliefs and or imposter syndrome? Do I think that? Mm -hmm. Oh, I sure do. I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people, a lot of people think, oh, I should fake it till I make it. I don't think that's the answer. I really don't. Um, and when you and, and this is all this is why we need something like this, right? We have to teach you, and once you build that relationship, you have so much more confidence and you under you understand your own worth and what it is that you have to offer. And I think a lot of people are stuck in the wrong business. I think people go, oh, I'll just I taught this one girl who's she's adult an adult now, and she's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this, and it's you know, um, MLM, so multi-level marketing. And yes. I'm like, this is not for you. This is what you should be doing. I see you doing this because of your, um, the power and the passion and, and your intelligence and, and how you do that. And she's like, oh, I'm just not ready to do that. And she's been spinning her wheels for about eight years. And, you know, and she has this imposter syndrome. And the reason people have imposter syndrome is one, they don't believe in themselves. And two, they're in the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. When you are in the right venue, you're in the right space. Mm -hmm. There is no, there is no wrong answer. There is no imposter syndrome. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I go to bed at night thinking about this event and how I'm going to address people and how it's going to be and how it's going to feel and, and, and that, and because it just, it came to me, literally came to me and it was mm -hmm. like, okay, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I still substitute teach which is cool because I, you know, but this is something that I know is going to have an impact. And this is another thing. When you get to know who you are, you're like, is this what I want to do? Mm. Yeah. And you can change your path at any given time. A hundred percent. Putting down boundaries. You start to understand the boundaries that you want to lay down and the foundation uh, for imposter syndrome for myself, it was really kind of looking at the inner in of like, why am I having these thoughts? A good correlation, apparently they say stats come into um, kind of like your background that you've been brought into of imposter syndrome um, and so forth. And so it's just like navigating yourself through those feelings and really kind of speaking more openly about it and stepping into it. Like just doing this show, like I was like, when they're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Why am I going to do this? But that's like me though. I push myself out of the boundaries because I'm so passionate to build something of telling everyone that they are worthy of whatever they want to do, whatever passion right. they're capable of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if, if you believe that yourself, if, mm -hmm. if you learn how to do that, then, you know, it's like someone going, like, do you think I, you have somebody else telling you that you can do that and I believe in you. And that's great. Yes. But at the end of the day, if you don't believe it yourself, it's not going to work. No, exactly. And that's like the part of my passion that shows up. It's, I'm so determined to do this. I'm going to let go of that fear and step into it and just... For you. Enjoy the ride. 
Yeah. Good for you. Take the bull by the horns and run with it. I love that. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kiki. We're almost at time. So thank you for everyone who tuned into the show. Thank you for everyone in the chat room, uh, the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network. So next week, come join Nadine and I. Nadine's coming back and we are talking about parenthood and career transitions. Uh, so with that, until next week, remember your journey is unique and your worth is unquestionable. Thank you so much, Kiki. Oh, thank you, Brittany. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in.